great pleasure to welcome to What's Next, Anton Herbst, who is the CEO of Tarsus On Demand and Tarsus Technology Group. Uh, Anton, it's really good to see you. I mean, you've been around in the business for a long time. We call people like you a veteran. Uh, you've seen some interesting things over the last two, three years, I bet. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the, the, for what, the coming onto the show. I think uh, thanks for welcoming you onto the show. I think it's a great opportunity and a great privilege. Um, I, yeah, yeah, veteran is a nice word. You know, some people would call us dinosaurs, but uh, yeah, I'll take that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this going forward. A veteran of the industry. Yeah, we've seen a lot of change. You know, I think we, I've seen it develop. My first job was in tech support. I used to do tech support on Lotus and Quattro Pro and then those kind of things when we were still running in DOS. So that's where we started and that's just when the client server, if you look at think about it, client server became a big thing at that time. And that over time is now being replaced with, you know, computing in the cloud and all those kind of good things. So profound change, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Jeez, Anton, now you really gave your age away when you said Lotus. Uh, it, it took me back, so I'm giving my age away as well. But uh, it's quite interesting to see how the cloud has evolved over the past few years. Um, and, you know, I remember first hearing about the cloud, you know, over a decade ago, and I was trying to work out what it is. And, of course, it's evolved so much. Uh, it, it's not the same cloud that it was last year or the year before, let alone five years ago. How have you seen it? Yeah, I think if you look at Tarsus on Demand, in, in you know, Tarsus on Demand started in 2012 um, and started out as a as a hoster. It hosted cloud services or compute services for people in our public cloud data center, um, and that's 10 years ago. So, but I think we've got to step a bit back because I think the cloud is being used as a technology where it's actually a collection of services. And I think that's quite important because that's where the evolution is really taking place is but what services are available as a cloud service. And I think that for me is where the evolution has really gone. We've gone through that whole shift from being a hoster to engaging with Microsoft on O365 on software as a service and then later on getting into Azure and starting to say, well, now we're starting to dematerialize the data center because that's what happened. You know, the whole issue with the cloud and why it's so important on the one hand is that it's about, you know, taking um, compute and storage and networking and all these things, which is now being made available to people because, and it makes it possible for people to not have all the risk up front. And I think a lot of people think, why the cloud? You know, why did the cloud evolve? Well, it evolved because number one, technology allowed it because technology keeps on evolving. And the other side, um, we are, people are no longer willing to just own all the risk when they buy technology. They want somebody to share with them in that risk. And the cloud is, that's the one piece of the cloud. And then the other thing that the cloud does is it forms a massively enabling platform for people to develop new stuff in without having the risk of upfront capital and all that sort of stuff. So there's multiple facets to the cloud and they're all evolving at speed because of the speed of technology evolving. Um, that's for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the other thing as well, Anton, is that it's, you know, it, 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 you know, 10 years ago it would have been prohibitive 
for small and medium-sized enterprises. And I guess now it's accessible to everyone, right? Even if you've got a tiny, tiny business, you want to throw some stuff up into the cloud and start using it, uh, it's affordable and you can do it. Now, talking about small and medium-sized enterprises, are these uh, enterprises in South Africa, and we're talking about the small guys, ready to have that conversation about the cloud? And, and do they understand it? I mean, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of small, medium-sized enterprises, you know, they some of them are dabbling into the cloud, but there's still a bit of resistance on picking up. I don't know what you see. You see, I think our view is slightly different. We've got to be careful because we come from a technology space. Uh, we want to sell technology. If you speak to an SMME about technology, we might overwhelm them because of the pace of change. I mean, there's massive change right. coming to the market and it's now starting to reinforce each other. We know we're 5G landing, we don't know what that's going to enable. But if we go to a customer, and we and I think that's the inversion that we've seen taking place as well, the customer's trying to f solve at a business level. Then technology might enable that, but it might not. So my question is always, if technology is the answer, what's the question? And I think that for me is the key is to speak to this SMME and don't overwhelm them with all this techno babble and speak, rather listen to them, what are their challenges, and then come back into our community of providers and see which one of them could actually solve for that customer at problem. And, and in that sense, we are helping them to evolve better businesses because there's two ways we can help use technology. We can use it to optimize our existing business or we can build new business models that are fully digital. And I think it's both that needs to happen. Um, and the question is, what are we busy with? Are we helping customers to run better businesses? Or are we actually helping them to build new businesses because we've now got all these enabling technologies? So it's an inversion. The customer is now in the center and his problem is the most important or his challenge is the important thing and not technology per se. Okay. Okay, now that's it's quite an interesting way of looking at it. it. Makes complete sense. But then, what exactly is holding back? What is holding back these companies from moving to the cloud? Yeah, I think what is moving, what is people so cloud technologies, um, and I think that's where tasks on demand. We what we're trying to do is because you don't know what we don't know. So if a small to medium enterprise is sitting there and saying, "Who's going to help me digitize my business?" is the question, right? or who's going to help me to use digital technologies to make my business run better. What we try to do now is to bring a marketplace together to say Tasses on Demand forms a marketplace. We do the market research at the end customer, the small to medium enterprise, and we under try and understand what it is the challenges are. Then we go and find solutions for those challenges. We promote those solutions into our marketplace and then we invite the customer into the marketplace and they should find the, the solution to their problems because where do you go to to find advice in terms of this process and we are trying to build that marketplace where we bring in yeah it's classical buyer seller but it's more here's a solution that will help you digitize your business because i don't think it's a, a switch i think it's a process of evolution um, for the small to medium enterprise and the cloud makes it possible because the, nobody needs to buy, put anything up front into capital. Everything is available as a service and the 
the only way when, in the time when people get paid is when that service gets consumed by the end customer. And I think that's the critical piece. Um, and that's why I think a lot of people are focusing in the cloud on the infrastructure as a service discussion. You know, lift and shift and moving workloads around and stuff. It's less important in the SMME space. It's more about how do we take um, the enabling capability of cloud to the SMME market to evolve them to become, I mean, I suppose ultimately we're trying to make them relevant for the future. Yes. And therefore, South Africa's economy relevant to the future because if SMMEs are the mainstay of our business, our country, then better we have to have them as good as any SMME elsewhere in the world. And I think that's our challenge. Okay. And so we're trying to build that capability in the marketplace to say, tell us your problem, we'll find the solution because we've got a community that are really good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let, let's look at those problems. When you when you discuss those problems with these SMMEs, what do you believe are the, the top problems that technology can solve for these organizations? You know, I think, the, and as I said earlier, I think the, the beauty about technology is we know, and it's thanks to Moore's Law, every year, every two years we just get better at the stuff. And it makes the existing businesses that we've got, we can say thank you to that, a ramp up in technology for us to run ever more efficient businesses. So, so I think the the main challenge that a lot of people are finding is okay. So how do I go digital? So so what does it mean to be digital? I mean, it's easy to say it. It's a very different process. And what we're finding is people typically start at the core operations of their business and saying, okay, how do I make this digital? You know, things like HR, what is possible in HR to digitize? How do I digitize my my marketing front ends? You know, how do I become more digital from a marketing perspective? How do I actually, and so so those are the things that we keep, keep on when we speak to SMMEs, we find that um, the, the, the whole HR process, because it's easier to digitize the supply chain processes, and the other thing that is critical is the front end, digital front end. So I want to become e-commerce ready. And then the other one thing that everybody all everybody is always looking for is how do I get access to capital, and how do I do that easier? You know, how do I get it? How do I get done? How do I how do I digitize my banking processes and my financial processes? So that's typically right. where we find um, the the problems and. The nice thing about it, South Africa has got a very vibrant, what we call software vendor environment where people are developing solutions all the time. I just think we've got a, we've got a challenge and sometimes we don't speak to the customer when we're developing solutions. So we spend a lot of time and effort and money on solving problems that doesn't exist. And um, I think, so we need to get better at that. It's to say, here's a problem, please develop customized solutions for that problem rather than building a problem, building a solution and then going to market and trying to find a customer for it. Um, the customer's got so much choice in front of them at the moment, you, you're you going to waste a lot of time and effort doing that way. Okay. Uh, we, we, we touched on earlier the, you know, as a service offering and the as a service world uh, has really evolved. Uh, we talk about the cloud evolving as a service has evolved as well. And w- would you say that uh, moving to as a service world today, is it more complex than it was five years ago or has it become easier? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's easier. Um, it depends on where people are and what they capable, what they are capable of in their businesses. As we are, you know, I think um, the 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 journey starts. And how do we? The question is, where do you start? And then from there onwards, um, or I keep on saying to people, I think technology can solve just about every problem we have at the moment. You know, it's available and, and that's the complexity to a certain extent is how do we help people to discern what they need uh, from this myriad of services? Because every time you open up an Azure, an AWS or a GCP cloud, there is more services available to consume. And it's becoming a little bit like what is available for you today in the media space. You know, in the past, we used to have a couple of channels to choose from. Now we've got different platforms, you know, you've got Amazon, you've got, Amazon, you've got uh, mm -hmm. Netflix and all those things. And now we are becoming the programmers. And so we need to be the people now to, to help the people to actually discern what services they need at what stage of their journey. So I think the as a service is becoming more complex in the sense that there's more services available, but the mechanism is the same. You know, and, and I think I'm going to keep on bringing us back to let's speak to the customer and understand and then design backwards from there um, and, and give them the right services and solutions that they need. But I think the as a service journey is no less complicated. Um, I think we uh, it depends on whether you are consuming the as a service or whether you creating the as a service. If you are creating the as a service, that is a challenge because the first thing you've got to understand is that the moment you move from a transactional business to as a service business model is your cash flow is going to take a dip your, your typically your compensation models are not set up for that kind of model and you have to reject the whole business model to run an as a service business model and i think that is the challenge for a lot of people in the existing it industry the resellers and the bars and everybody like that, they all have a challenge because they've got to change business model. That's complex. Um, the customer consuming the asset service is more about what advice can we give them to help them along their journey. Um, and that, so I often say digital transformation is more about transformation than what it is about digital. Right, it's, right, it's okay. A, it's about the humans. <laughs> You know, yes, no, absolutely. And it's about making sure that the humans are relevant. And, and if the humans are relevant, then the businesses are relevant, uh, rather than making everything about technology. And I'm trying, we've, we've trying to shift the focus to what change does, does it need to happen inside the business and the people inside that business to actually use the technology in a better way. Okay. Now, I mean, if you look at SMEs in South Africa, they're the yeah. backbone of this country's economy, right? You look at the contribution, you look at, uh, and, and any economy for that matter, you know, you look at how many people are employed, you look at, uh, it, it's massive and it's going to continue to grow. What do they need in order to prosper? How, how, can, how can IT service providers uh, provide support to SMEs to prosper? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and this is, you know, it's not a South Africanism. I think the whole world's grappling with digitizing their economies. 
Um, you know, if I do the, res the research that we've done in, in Ireland and Germany and Portugal and stuff like that, they're not that far ahead of us in terms of their journey to make sure that their small to medium enterprise communities are actually fully are getting onto the digital change model. Um, what I do see what they do differently, and I think it's something in South Africa that we need to understand, is that the, there needs to be a public-private partnership to help the SMME along that journey. Um, because if you do it for a, from, from a for-profit perspective, you might not do it because the return is too long in the future. And therefore, you need a public intervention from government and better state, uh, SOE or whatever the case might be, to come in and do help people to transition with the cost being borne by the public environments. And that's what they're doing in Germany and Ireland. They create environments and they support small to medium enterprises to be able to digital go on a digital journey. South Africa is not quite there yet. Um, so if you think about it in the 1950s, late 50s, mm. we formed the Industrial Development Corporation to industrialize the South African economy away from an agricultural yes. economy. It's been very, very successful to industrialize South Africa. What we need right now is what we, I would call a digital development corporation to help our South African economy go on to the digital journey. And it's a private public partnership that drives the model forward because the scale that which because remember our challenge is the number of SMMEs that we deal with we're dealing with 800,000 SMMEs and we have to make sure all of them get onto the journey now that's a, that's a big task to, to do that um, and so I don't think any one entity can do it on their own and so IT service providers can certainly play a role in helping those people going along the line but I think there's also support that needs to come in from from uh, from all spheres of our, our business community. Well, I mean, let's talk about your business community, for example. I mean, what do what do IT channel partners such as uh, distributors, uh, value-added resellers, VARs, uh, you've got the cloud service providers, the CSPs, and independent vendors, the ISVs, I'm using the words because uh, it's important to break it down. What, what, what do these guys need to do to keep up with the rapid speed of change in cloud, for example? Because we all know that it's happening there. We've been talking about technology, but what are these people, where do they fit into the equation? What do they need to do to increase that speed and keep up with the speed of the changes in the cloud? So I think that if you look at it, if you look at Tarsen on Demand, um, we, as I said, we started out as a hoster. Then people came up with this naming convention called Cloud Service Provider. We spend our lives trying to explain to people what that is because in reality, when I sell Microsoft Azure or Microsoft 0365, I'm not the owner of the cloud. I'm simply providing and billing the cloud on behalf of Microsoft. And I think what has mm -hmm. happened recently is there's a naming convention change that's coming that says we are probably more like solutions and service aggregators. And so we aggregate solutions and services on behalf of our channel partners and our vendors. So that for me makes a bit more sense because now we, we are focused on making sure that our partners are relevant. So for me, do we sell the cloud? No, we don't sell the cloud. We actually enable our partners, the resellers, the value-added resellers, the ISVs. We actually enable them to bring their solutions to market. 
And I think that's where we play a big role is to actually net an enablement piece because people come out of the traditional IT sector where they were selling discrete servers and PCs and notebooks and stuff like that and printers. Now they're moving into this as a service world. That journey is not trivial. And that's where we're playing a massive enablement piece. Then we get that sector of the market, which is already in a services go-to-market. So they sell services for a living. There we actually enable them to actually now, what we started to do with them is to package those solutions. And then we put those solutions in our marketplace for the end customer to come and consume. And then we amplify them because we've got the digital to demand generation capabilities in tasks on demand that helps to amplify their solutions into the marketplace. Okay. And for ISVs, which has developed a solution already, they built an application, whether it's a payroll, a branding, whatever solution they built, we put that solution in the marketplace and then once again, we amplify them in the market. So, so I think um, it is a very different way than what the old value chain was working where I sell something to you, you sell something to somebody else. We are changing that model now to selling to people to say, well, come and sell with us. Um, because the, the, the simple answer is none of us, not one of us has got all the answers. But collectively we do. And so now we have to learn to collaborate and, and work together for both networks to actually solve customer problems rather than doing discrete point solutions one-on-one -on -one by, by each of us. I think that, that world's gone. Um, okay. But at least, as no, I say, I mean, it's, it's an evolution. <laughs> it's not, yes. a, it's not a, a flip. And I think what people forget is that they talk about the fourth industrial revolution like all the other industrial revolutions are gone. In South Africa, we run all four industrial revolutions side by side, to be clear. Yeah. No, it's true. But Anton, you know, uh, what you've been talking about uh, in our discussion today, I mean, there's a lot of evolution that's taking place in the world of technology. We know this. We know that the, it, it, it doesn't stay stagnant. It's constantly moving. Uh, it's, it's like a train. And, and, and for me, this technology train is moving faster. It's gaining speed as it moves along. So, so how do companies cope with the, with the ever-changing dynamic cloud, for example? There's new functionalities being added all the time. When is it going to be enough? When is it going to actually slow down? I don't see it slowing down, to be honest, but what are your thoughts? No, I don't think it's going to slow down. I think the challenge we have is we are linear human beings in an exponential technology world. And that's why we've got this that it's almost like and the gap is starting to open up quite wide uh, because remember all exponential curves got a long flat curve and we could cope for that and I think we're still standing to a certain extent on the flat part uh, and the real change is still coming at us because you know we haven't seen the full extent of what technology can do so the challenge we say is how do we how do we as humans because if we are cynical about it then we get to this piece where we're saying work is going to be done by robots and humans will be replaced by robots that's the one view but if you look at it and you flip it around a little bit and say what what should work be because if we are honest with ourselves the industrial revolution actually dehumanized us because the dumb work was being done by humans <laughs> um yep. repetitive work if you go and look at call centers and you look at supply chain warehouses and stuff like that all that work was being done by humans 
Um, now that work is being able more and more to be done by robots, but the real challenging problems that we face as a, as a, as a, as, as humans is actually needs human ingenuity. Um, and I don't think um, that will e easily be done by robots. We, but the challenge for us then is not so much the work of the future will require different capabilities. And I think we're not spending enough time in our school system and in our varsity systems to create those capabilities. And if I can broadly say what capabilities I'm talking about is things like critical thinking, problem solving, social intelligence, emotional intelligence, curiosity. You know, those are the things I'm talking about because that makes us truly human. And the only way I think we're going to keep up to, up to speed with the technology is to learn from each other. Because if you and I are going to try, try and stay abreast of all the technologies in the world, we will fall behind. But you might have capabilities and I might have capabilities and between the two of us, we can stay abreast of it. But so we're going to have to learn from each other. But that does mean that we have to learn how to talk to each other and collaborate and listen and all those kind of good things. So it's a very different market. And the challenge we have is the school system is still linear and incremental in nature. It teaches people to pass exams, not to think. And all of us were highly creative at the age of six. By the age of 18, most of us, is, the school system has wrung all the creativity out of us. And so what we, we have to bring back is to bring that creativity back, bring all the humans back, knowing that technology will be able to solve most of the solutions, but the way in which we combine them is only going to be done, I think, by humans. And that is quite exciting, but it does change the very nature of work. Very interesting. And of course, uh, we, we, I couldn't agree with you more what you say about the, the, the schooling system and how much we need to shift um, and, and bringing new people into the sector. You know, the, the skills gap is, is massive, you know, and if we don't address it, uh, we, we're in big trouble. The other thing that I want to talk to you about, Anton, is, is security. And, and I want to ask you about do, how SMEs have a fear about security around information when it's, when it's in the cloud. And of course, you know, there's all sorts of things like Papia, there's, you know, hacking, there's, uh, you know, all, all the infiltration that can take place. And, you know, if your, if your data gets stolen or if you have a ransomware attack, we know how damaging this can be to a business. Um, and SMEs, I'm sure, have a massive fear around security. And, of course, security is probably the biggest concern we face in the world of technology today. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um you know, the, the thing that we find is that people think that because they move to the cloud, they are secure. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's a big um, challenge that people face because they think, well, I'm moving into a hyperscale cloud and therefore the security will be intact. But the, 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 the fundamental principles around managing your business securely remains the same, whether you have got on-premise in technology in a public cloud or a private cloud doesn't matter where you run the security principles remain the same so so i think that's the one uh, myth that we should just dispel that moving to the cloud is safer than having it on premise that's that's not true you still have to invest quite heavily in in, in security technologies and i think if from what we've seen is that you can use technology from one side to actually help people with their security posture and stuff like that. 
but there's also a massive amount of training that we have to do inside our businesses to make sure that our people are operating in a secure way. Um, so, so many of the breaches that we see are coming through because of either through a people door or through technology door, but the technology door was open because we didn't implement the things that we said we're going to implement. Um, so the best thing I can do is to advise people in the SMME space is to really get a proper security strategy in place and implement that security strategy rather than buying pieces of technology piecemeal and say, well, now I'm secure. Because the fundamental is yeah. not. There is none of us, I think, the, the technology to, to breach out our, our barriers are as evolved as technology itself. So, so to think that we would be somehow excluded from that is, is, is false. So I think we have to go to a zero, zero trust basis to say that this is where we at. We cannot trust anybody in this space, unfortunately and then build out our security strategy out from there. It is a big, big challenge. Um, but I do think that you can, from what we're seeing is that it's actually not so much that you, the question is not if you're gonna get breached, it's when you're gonna get breached. Yeah, yeah. The question is what have you done to recover? And that's the recovery process that we find is the more important thing to say, okay, I've. I've got this risk, how do I mitigate this risk as well? I've built all these processes in to make sure that I can recover from any breach. Um, and I, like, I think a lot of people spend time on preventing the breach and not enough time on how am I going to recover. Um, right. so, so that for me is the key and, and I don't think it's, I suppose we can call it fear, um, but um, you yeah, know we can mitigate it, we can mitigate against it. Um, and it, you know, everybody says it's going to be expensive. Well, how expensive is to close your business for a month? You know? <laughs> exactly, or or, or, or damage it, um, you know, irrevocably. I mean, yeah. you, you know, we we know how many businesses have been hit by ransomware that don't recover, right? So yeah. I think that's uh, another important aspect. So security paramount. And finally, Anton, just to sum it up, uh, when you look at the benefits and you look at, uh, and it's very clear that a cloud-enabled business has really many advantages. I, I think it's, it's, it's night and day. If, you, if you're not a cloud-enabled business today, um, um, you, you, you're in danger of becoming irrelevant in the future, if I dare be so bold as to say that. But what are those advantages and benefits that you think a cloud-enabled business has over companies that don't have a cloud-enabled business. Yeah, I see. I think the 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 change that's happening is if I'm saying, let's say, people, somebody is not cloud-enabled, then the question is, which of the services can you take to the cloud? It's not going to have to be a uh, all-or-nothing kind of situation. You know, I think what people have got to realize is that if you want to move something into the cloud, move something that is variable in nature into the cloud. So if something is static and it's the same every month and stuff like that, then, you know, you can run it on premise, you can optimize it by using the latest technology and stuff like that. And you can actually build out on-prem technologies that are really super optimized and super efficient. 
but those variable things are the ones that's niggly um, because you can never because we're living in a more and more uncertain world the more variable things become the less uh, more difficult it becomes to actually make it optimal so so I would say start there and people that are fully digital native and in fully in the cloud I think uh, the one thing that they have is that they have the ability to be agile uh, because if world is becoming a more uncertain and complex place then then we need all need to become a bit more agile to adjust because I think gone are the days where we have a single black or white answer we might end up yes. with three or four possible answers and that's why I think we need to start thinking about more and more about scenario thinking and to say well these are the possibility things that come come out and then I adapt my business to as the scenarios unfold um, and for that I need my technology to be fully agile as well and the, I have to have the ability to scale up and scale down as I need to scale up and scale down as the situation might require so I you know I don't want to make it either or I think it's a it's a answer and it's you can come from a on-prem physical infrastructure world start moving to the cloud more and more and more but ultimately I do think that the people are that are fully in the cloud are probably the ones that's the most agile and can respond the fastest to change in the world I think that that, that is true and then yeah. I think right. from a glasses on demand perspective I think that's for me is is the critical piece where we think all the time is to say how do we how do we build marketplace solutions and and platforms that are enabling in nature that makes it possible for people to be agile um, I think that that for us is a key focal area fantastic absolutely agility um, and of course adding value uh, I believe it unlocks tremendous value if it's done in the right way and you're quite right you know you can't you can't just say everything I think you need to take it step at a time and and assess what are the important functions that you can unlock value and add agility to your organization Anton Herbst the CEO of Tarsus on Demand and Tarsus Technology Group Thank you so much for your time and sharing the uh, thoughts with us around the cloud. Thank you for joining us on What's Next. Thank you, Aki.